Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissette, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I am your host, Jeanette Blissette, and today's guest is Lamour Bergman-Gross. Lamour has been a mentor for women in tech for over five years and a former director of engineering for over 20 years. So she has worked in tech as an engineer, a manager, and director of engineering. Lamour is passionate about supporting women in tech because she knows firsthand what it's like being a woman in a male dominated field and all the challenges women face in the industry. Two years ago, upon her return to Israel, after nine years in the U.S., she decided to follow her calling and support women's growth through her consulting company. Lamore, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. We talked about the experiences that you've had in the tech industry, which has occupied a lot of your professional space and time. What I'd like to do is explore a little bit more about your background and also how it applies to women in tech and women in general who are within their careers looking to either level up or maybe level out into their next chapter. Thank you so much for having me. My background is tech. I started my career as a software engineer and then at some point I went into leadership. So I was managing for many years and eventually became a director of engineering and was always passionate about supporting women. And as I grew my influence in organizations, I was trying, obviously, to hire more women and to help women in my organization grow. I was involved in mentoring outside of my day job for external MNTs, and eventually decided to make the profession and start coaching women, especially in tech, just because that's my background, in different leadership positions. So what would you like to know? Let's talk about that a little bit. You are in this career. You've been in the engineering field for over 20 years. And within that 20 years, of course, you had your startup. And as you became familiar with different organizations and you worked your way up, how did you actually set your sights on the director position? It's a great question. It was very challenging, to be honest. I knew that I wanted to become a director, but I wasn't sure how. And my manager had good intentions, but he wasn't sure exactly how to help me. So what I did, I told him that's what I wanted. And we tried to build a plan, basically, I was very proactive and asked him a lot of questions. Okay, what do I need to do next? What are the things that I'm missing? And what I also did is I talked to the HR business partner. So she was involved as well. And on top of that, I asked for a coach and I got an executive coach that worked with me towards that goal. So it was like a triangle between me and my manager and the coach that eventually led to my promotion. Yeah, this is one of the things that I usually work with women that need to be proactive and take charge of their career rather than wait for someone to hand them. To align with what you just shared in terms of you have to be proactive and seek out the mentors 
um, that will help you connect the dots along the way. So let me ask you, in identifying the mentors, were there some that were just obvious to you or were there a few that you approached and there wasn't really a connection? To be honest, there was someone that was obvious to me because she was at a time working in the company as a coach. She was helping other leaders, including my manager. And I met her several times and I felt very comfortable with her. I asked my manager if I can work with her as well. And fortunately for me, he agreed. If initially she was working as an employee, eventually she started her own coaching business and she was very expensive, to be honest. But again, thanks to the support of my manager, he agreed to fund that and to pay for coaching. I worked with her for about a year, all in all even wow. after my promotion. And that was very important for me to get that support needed because it's not just about getting the promotion, but also operating at the next level that can be very intimidating, especially when you are one of few women in the room and you don't always have the confidence. You're not sure about whether you're capable, whether you're good enough, whether you're doing the right thing. And having someone by your side is very important. So what did you learn about yourself through that process? You mentioned that getting promotion is one thing, but actually standing in your value as a leadership person and having that confidence. What did you learn about yourself as you went through that process? That I'm capable and I have to trust myself more, not doubt myself all the time. Usually, I know what to do, but a lot of times I just question myself whether it's the right thing, whether I actually have all the means to succeed. So as those thoughts were going through your head in any particular moment, did you feel that camaraderie within your leadership group most of the time? I would say somewhere in the middle. I didn't feel completely alone, but not all the time felt completely supported. Obviously, I had my manager and that coach that they told you about, and I had some peers, other women that were in similar positions that they could talk to, but not always I felt that I was supported from 360 degrees. If you look at all the people that I work with and the upper level management, not always I felt fully supported. Understood, because I've felt that way myself many times, but mm -hmm. having confidence in the moment and feeling like you have the leadership courage to stand on principle based on what you believe, it's another factor as well. You mm -hmm. mentioned earlier that you're passionate about em empowering women and helping them achieve success in the workplace or in their businesses. What kinds of things have you been doing or what do you offer in that mentorship program that you have? So typically, it really depends on the woman and where she's at and what she needs. Mm -hmm. I offer them, first of all, someone to be a sounding board for them to listen. And the reason I work mainly with women in tech is because I can actually give some, I wouldn't say advice but I can give some opinions just because I've been there and done that. And a lot of times that's all they need. I can challenge them a lot of times if they say, oh, I cannot do that. I cannot do that or what have you. I can challenge them to think bigger, challenge them to allow themselves to do more than they think they can and push them forward towards doing things they are uncomfortable with. So that's very high level what I do. Again, it depends on the specific situation. It's not like one size fits all. It really depends on where a woman is specifically at and what is holding her back. With a woman who is in tech and who is wanting to branch out into a lane or path that they're passionate about as it relates to what they do, do you also mentor and coach women who have that kind of thought to pursue something other than what they're currently doing or maybe pursue it in a different way? And to be honest, less. Usually I focus more on career-related things because I tell you something. My situation is my own. I do help women figure out what their passions are, what are the right things for them, what they want to do next 
in their careers, not necessarily how to do that, because really that's their own path. Also, depending on where they're at financially, because yes, as you probably know, transitioning from being an employee to a business owner is not easy. And I cannot tell someone what to do. Because sometimes financially, it's just not possible to leave a job and start a business. And starting a business takes time. And usually you don't get paid as much. I believe that's a point that sometimes is overlooked by individuals who are looking to go into the entrepreneurial space in terms of the financial aspect of your metric, in terms of what you need to have in order to maintain your household or maintain the standard of living you want. You've heard the saying, I'm sure the more jump in the net shall appear. I'm really trying not to discourage anyone from doing that leap, but just to be realistic. And again, looking at what they need in their life, what are the things that they have to have and what are the limitations that they have right now and what is the right thing for them. Sometimes it's just starting something out on the side, on top of working. So I try to be very careful there because I don't want to take the responsibility of someone else's lives, especially if they need the income. And to be honest, Jeanette, for some people being an employee, that's the right path for them. Absolutely. I totally agree. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people glamorize entrepreneur realities. I align with your thinking as to sometimes a more conservative approach versus an aggressive approach to just jump out completely and then try to start something from scratch. It's not always that easy to do. So taking in consideration those realities first and then determining for yourself whether or not stepping out is the right timing for you. I think that makes a lot of sense. That's one of the lessons, I think. In your particular situation, it sounds like you had enough experience and enough support and understood your own personal situation that allowed you to do what you're doing today. Yeah. And I had also the financial circumstances that allowed that, to be honest, because I worked for many years. And also it was very important for me to start my own business, my freedom is one of the things that are most important for me. And as I say, it's very personal. And I don't think there is one solution that not necessarily what is good for me is good for someone else. And I'm trying as much as possible just to stay out of the decision-making. The decision-making is of the woman themselves and what they want and what is good for them. I'm trying to help them find their path, but not necessarily direct them to a specific path because what is good for me is not necessarily good for someone else. What does that process look like when you're working with your clients? So usually is identifying, you know, first of all, what they want in their lives, what is important for them, understanding what are their core values, what are their strengths, what are their passions, where they see themselves trying to build a vision for their own life, what they want to have in their life, what are the current circumstances and limitations that they have, and then trying to build a path towards that. And how can that happen for them? Even if there are employees moving to maybe a different career path, it could be staying in the same path, but moving upwards in the career ladder, or it could be starting their own business. But the important thing is to try to understand what is specifically important for that woman, how she envisioned her life. Is it achievable for her? How can she do it? Is it realistic? Taking into account her current circumstances and what does she need to do in order to get there? And is she willing to pay the price, to be honest? Because a lot of times people have dreams. I have a question that irritates people. I ask them, is it a vision or a dream? Because a lot of times we fantasize about something, but we're not willing to pay the price. You definitely have to do the work. And sometimes the work is not the work that people think that they need to do. Sometimes yeah. it's more internal 
work to mm-hmm. define whether or not it's a vision or whether or not it's a dream and what may be getting in the way of them actually yeah. moving towards it. That internal work is really important before any other type of work. So I totally get that. I have a saying, you can't cheat the grind. There's generally not a lot of shortcuts in this period. You have to be willing to do the work. You can't cheat it. Absolutely. There's so much going on in tech. Tech is broad. Yeah, I don't think it's so important at this point what technology specifically the woman is working at. It's more about types of roles that women are doing. So, for example, engineering leaders, product leaders, design, UI, UX. It could be multiple things, even sales and marketing. But the whole tech world is something that I'm very familiar with, different functions at the organizations and what you need in order to influence others. How do you feel about AI in in terms of how it applies to even the business that you're in or any business in general? I love it. I love it. I don't think it's ever going to replace people, but it's definitely helping. So I'm obviously using ChatGPT. I'm using MidJourney. I recently started my own podcast. So I use AI tools, for example. Clean Voice AI is the software I'm using for cleaning the background noises to transcribe a podcast episode that's very useful because a lot of times people want to either see subtitles or to just be able to read and not just hear. What's ahead in terms of the work that you do? What do you envision? That's a great question. I envision myself coaching. I would love to coach women in C-suite, CEOs, as well as doing different workshops. I started doing that in the last year or so. I would like to do more of that. I really enjoy. And I also enjoy group coaching, which again, I had a little bit of experience. I would like to do more because I think there are some unique values that women get from having a group coaching rather than an individual. It's not replacing, but it's augmenting. So I would like to do a combination of one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and workshops. That's at least what I can envision right now. That's beautiful. And I know that you'll be able to achieve that because you're actually doing it. I'm doing that. Yes. Yes. Just shifting gears for a moment. How does this all impact you personally as a woman, as a homemaker, if you will? You have children? Yes, I have four children. A lot of women are generally interested in, I'm not going to say life balance because I personally don't believe in life balance and that's a genetism. I believe you deal with the realities and you can bend time in certain ways by just focusing with intention on what you want to get done. So as a woman entrepreneur, how does that influence you and your family? It gives me flexibility and control over my time. It doesn't mean that I work less necessarily. I just work differently. Because I don't need to give any thought about what hours do I need to show up in a day. I don't have obligations towards an employer. So it gives me the flexibility I want. But nowadays, the good news is that when we are seeing more people working remote and hybrid, that flexibility or some level of flexibility can be achieved also when working as an employee. I actually started working fully remote in 2016, and I loved it. I love the flexibility. It allowed me to pick up my kids from school, to sit with them and do homework with them. For me, flexibility is the key word, I would say, as a mom. Again, Jeanette, it's also individual because I know some people, some women I work with, for example, told me that it's very important for them 
to know that there are clear boundaries between home and work. So they want to work certain hours and then 5 p.m. they want to be home and just not do any work. And for me, it's different. I don't mind working later in the day as long as I have the flexibility. So I think it's very individual. It depends on the person and what is important for them. I appreciate that response to that question. I'm on the same track with you in terms of the freedom and the flexibility. And I don't particularly need the boundaries because if it's on my calendar, it's all mapped out as to what needs to get done when, timeframes. I use Basecamp as my project management system, and it's just very clean. But not everyone is as disciplined, and I realize that. I also realize that my corporate training has allowed me to think a certain way in terms of how much is invested in work time, let's just say. I appreciate where you're coming from, and that makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. And congratulations in finding the sweet spot for you. you and your family. And I think that's half the battle to understand what the needs are and how you can actually integrate those needs what your vision is for the work you want to do. And the other side of the coin is getting the cooperation from your family as well. Are they aware of all of what you're doing and what your needs are for the work that you do right now? Yes, they are. And actually, when you joined the Zoom, my son was asking something and I told him, okay, get away. (laughs) I'm recording a podcast. So yes, they know that there are some times that I'm not available. And sometimes it's during the evenings that I'm busy and they understand that. But on the other hand, I am available in times that maybe other parents are working. That's important to know. Important to know those listeners who are contemplating, even if it's a, I'm not going to say side hustle, but more of a side gig to the work that they do full time to know that it's possible. It's possible to actually do it that way. It's possible to delve into a passion area that you have and do it while you are actually in a leadership position. Of course, you have to have the stamina, energy, the mindset. You've got to be fit. You've got to have the fitness side of things as well to keep yourself in that zone to make it all happen. And it appears that you are doing that. Trying to. So how would you like our listeners to contact you or to keep track of what you're doing since you have so many aspirations for the future with your workshops and your one-on-one and your group coaching, how can they find out more information about you and what you do? They can find me on LinkedIn, Limor Bergman, and they can also go to my website, limorbergman.com and listen to my podcast. Also on my website, brand new podcast. That's fantastic. Thank you for spending some time with Next Chapter Experience. It's great having you as a guest. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.